bag of four grits. Adeline, there's this <laughs> there's this episode in the second season of Barry where uh-huh. it, it's it's like one of those it's you know the very gimmicky thing where it's like we've got these like super long extended fight sequences that are all in camera in one shot in one take you know but yeah. there's this moment where he's like trying so he just like has to take a job and he's trying to kill this guy and so he like breaks into his house and he kills him and then he goes into the bedroom and then like makes a turn around a corner. And his, like, closet is just entirely filled with karate trophies. And then, <laughs> and then he turns back around and the guy's still alive. And it is that's hilarious. the funniest single moment of television that's ever been produced. It is so <laughs> incredible. And then they fight for, like, like 40 oh, minutes in one fuck. interrupted shot. That's yeah, so funny. So good. That's so, so good. good. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, so, hey, everybody, welcome to the Cool Takes podcast. Oh, the damn. Only... Was that the cold open? The o- we didn't oh, sink. We didn't sink. That's true. Okay, fuck then. Uh, <laughs> we'll just do it real quick and I'm going to cut it out. Uh, <laughs> okay. Try to tell a story. We're going to try to tell a story this time. Okay? We always do. What is this? Adeline <laughs> doesn't seem to be. <laughs> Listen, I'm here to make my dollar. And Beginning, get out middle, of here. and end. Okay. Ryan. Okay. Gosling. Johnson. <laughs> Wait, what'd you say? I wanted to talk about Ryan Johnson, not oh. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> okay, well, Dad, you should have okay, been number okay, two then, huh? Hey. Wait a yes and me, Tell Keisha. a story beginning, middle, end. Ryan. Johnson. Is. Going. To. Make. A. Big cinematic movie. Okay, tell a story now. <laughs> With actors abound. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay, okay, okay. And- some, some verbs. Some verbs. What does he do? Funnily, that's whatever. I'm done. Better luck next time. You guys blew it. It ended the sentence. Jackson abound is an is a sentence ender. Story with one sentence. It doesn't have to be just one sentence. We're going (laughs) word by word. We're going word by word. We're going word by word. Jackson. Word by word. How many words do you need to tell a story? More than like ten. Just three. We didn't tell a story. Baby shoes never worn. We described a person. That's not a story. Okay, well... No! Ryan Johnson is making a cinematic film with actors abound. That's a story. That's a story. That's the first sentence of a story. Yes, we just need to be seeing that we are seeing. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome to the Cool Takes Podcast, the only bad movie podcast <laughs> where the bad movies are good, actually. Every week we mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular or unliked movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having bad taste. That's normally our show, but normally. today's just a freebie, because sometimes you just need a freebie, okay? Uh, my name is Jackson McMurray. 
My name is Adeline McRory. My name is Keisha Rhodes. We're in a real don't give a fuck period right now. And that's... Yeah, you, you see, you <laughs> thought I was going to come up with like a funny nickname mm. in the middle, but I was like, you know what? It's not You know what? You. I'm in my so don't I give a fuck I did, I did the unexpected. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. You can't make me come up with a funny nickname. <laughs> uh... So today we're talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers. ch 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 chop and dork Rescue Rangers. Well, nice. Turn and, and nice, face dude. the strange Chippendale. <laughs> um, I like that one more. That one was better. Time may change me, but I can't Chippendale. Nice. Hell yeah. Did so uh, that song this is, to be to clear, film. we're talking about Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the Akiva Schaefer lonely island disney plus collaboration uh weird roger rabbit riff and or spinoff depending on who you ask yeah disney plus extravaganza a movie that i think is fine i think it's good enough i would argue to say that it is actually bad (laughs) i would argue to say that it's actually fun so, so we've got, we all three disagree. We've got we've got a spectrum. We've got a real spectrum of opinions on the show today. Uh, See, I think I was given an unfair introduction because you guys saw it before I did, and then I watched it a few days ago. Uh, but Jackson described it as hoodwinked because we had all seen they had like released the gifts. We had all seen the trailers where the two D animation looks like absolute dog shit, yeah, and the three D animation. Is like okay, it's fine, it's whatever. It's you like can't do three D animation really poorly anymore if you have a big budget. You can apparently yeah. shit all over two D animation if you have a big budget, but that's a different thing. Well, but, the two D animation in this movie appears to be three D animation animated. with some sort of AI. Mm. It's like the anime Ruby. That's what it looks like, which is yeah, to say well, bad. I mean, it's it looks like it's three D, like a three D animated model with some sort of AI generated like. You know, two D. Yeah, it's like rotoscoping. Over it. Yeah, yeah, but with no actual live person. It's weird. It looks bad. It was a bad decision. It looks extremely bad. There's a lot of things about bad. this movie that look extremely bad. Yeah, the like, visuals honestly, of this movie are shit. They are bad. My kind of my kind of big take about this movie is that, like, I think that this premise, this script, this cast, etc., is like all the makings. Of, if they had treated this. Like a big expensive blockbuster, like a real movie, and like put a lot of money into it and released it in theaters and like made a bigger deal out of it and advertised it at all. It, I think this would really and truly be like kind of a masterpiece, like yeah. kind of a huge major spectacle that people would be talking about for a really really long. That's time. That's what I'm so upset about it because like obviously this is like a an idea that works and that people love. Like, I mean, Roger Rabbit, obviously, is, like, who who framed Roger Rabbit is, like, the, what they're spoofing on. But that is a masterpiece that people adore. But it is, all, it's, like, kind of like the original feeding off of your nostalgia, look at all the characters that you like movie. But it's still right. good, like, despite that. You know what I mean? So it's, like, this is an idea that works so well and can be done so well. And then they just didn't. But the point that I was originally making is that you com- originally in the group chat you compared it to the movie Hoodwinked, be- where the visuals fucking suck ass, but the movie's actually really good because that's what Hoodwinked is. It's a wonderful, funny movie, but the visual, <laughs> the 3D animation sucks ass. It's so bad. Right. So that's what I came into it expecting. Like, oh, the visuals are ass, but the movie's really funny and it's really good and it's got a lot of heart to it. 
and then I didn't laugh a single time the oh, entire movie. I didn't. I wasn't even trying not to laugh. I wanted to laugh and I didn't. Like there wasn't What about the uncanny uncanny valley bit? That's funny. That was that was pretty funny. <clears throat> what about when he was like, I would never in a million years eat a whale? I that was good. Yeah, listen, I love the Lonely Island. I love their goofs. I love their bits. I didn't think that was a very good Lonely Island song. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean. Yeah, because that's the whole point. It wasn't supposed to be good. <laughs> this is sort of why we're, why we've made time to talk about this movie. Is that Gijin, sorry, I took a, I took, ate a junior mint, like fully knowing I was doing a podcast. And about to <laughs> yeah, you're like in the I, middle I, of I, it. Let me, let me just go ahead and. What, we don't expect me to do this podcast without junior mints. I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a I had an almond butter peanut butter cup before we started, so we're in the same. Boat. I had like uh, an entire plate of sushi like right before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we're like Keisha and I especially love like the Lonely Island. We love Akiva Schaefer as a director. Hot Riot yes. and Pop Star are like some of our favorite movies. Oh god, I love Hot Rod, yeah. Unironically so. I, I have learned that apparently this isn't actually a, a quote unquote Lonely Island project. Apparently mm-hmm. Akiva Schaefer. It's just they're all working. Or apparently Yorma Tacone is not involved in this movie at all. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but I I thought he was. I thought that he had like a couple of voice credits or something. Maybe he does, but like in, in any creative way, he's not like he's not yes, credited as yeah. a writer or a producer or Do we any. think maybe that's why it's bad? I don't know. Maybe Yorma's the well, secret sauce. Well, you think it's, you're yeah. the one who thinks it's bad. <laughs> yeah, I just the thing about like I uh, uh, what was I? What was the point I was winding up to with this? But it's not technically Lonely Island, right? Um, but like Akiva Schaefer as a director, I think is like I don't know how to say this in a way that doesn't sound like extremely backhanded. He's not a visual stylist, right? Yeah. Like, he's he's not an auteur you think of when it comes to, like, really striking visuals and, like, choreographing a really interesting, like, well, like, exciting sequence, you know? Mm-hmm. I And I wonder if this movie would fare a lot better if, obviously, you keep the same script, you keep the same writers and tone and producers and whatever, but if you get somebody who maybe is a little bit more versed in technical filmmaking, who maybe has a little bit more animation experience, who maybe, you know, has worked on movies Mm -hmm. like this before and is known for being good at them. Like, I wonder if this movie looks better, feels better, and just is generally more successful than it is currently. Because one of the other things about this movie that's kind of wild is that, like, Akiva Schaefer... As a as a director, Lonely Island is a brand. Andy Samberg and John Mulaney as movie star comedians. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. and it's a you know a decently well known property. As far as I can tell, it was a decently expensive movie. This thing got dropped on Disney Plus with little to no advertising. Yeah, and now at time mm-hmm. of recording, has basically <laughs> ceased to exist in culture. Like yeah, nobody it, is talking about this movie. Nobody. It had, yeah, it had a moment like when it came out. I think those things that I mentioned. I think that creative talent like advertised itself in a lot of ways, and the people who knew about it and were always going to watch it knew that it came out and watched it, and all said that was pretty good. I was kind of surprised by that. And then there were a lot of memes about Ugly Sonic for like literally an afternoon. Yeah, people were talking I saw about one. it. 
people were talking about Ugly Sonic for about uh, maybe 12 hours. And then that was just that. It just vanished. Just into yeah into and i wonder into like, an animated <clears throat> comic poof it was gone yeah. like and i wonder how much of that is just like people don't care about disney plus exclusive drops right like it was always expected to be so or like i don't like people don't care about chip and dale or what but i don't know it's just very odd see i think that- disney plus just needs to figure out what's they want to be dropping on Disney Plus only. Because when it's, like, the big new Pixar movie, I feel like then they actually put an effort into, like, advertising and being, like, on Disney Plus, on Disney Plus, Encanto, Soul, blah, 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 Luca, like, on Disney Plus, go, this is the new big thing, this is the only place you can see it. And then there are actually, like, a big quote-unquote release where people go to watch the movie. But then other times it just feels like they drop stuff that they don't want you to know about onto Disney right. Plus really quick without any thought and they kind of sweep it under the rug and they're like and also it's on Disney Plus now fucking whatever watch it I guess you're already giving us money like you know what I mean this, right. and this is what this feels like of like like here it's here whatever you know and I think that I mean this is some attention has been paid to this for other reasons recently also but there is just this like streaming feels like so fundamentally busted in a lot of ways right now. Yeah. Where like, like here's a great example. Uh, we're filming this on Monday, July 13th on Friday, July 17th. There's a movie dropping on Netflix, uh, starring, uh, uh, Miles Teller star of the hottest movie of the summer. Chris Hemsworth, one of the biggest movie stars alive directed by the director of top gun Maverick. Uh, with a hundred million dollar budget dropping on Netflix in five days. Do you know what that movie's called? No. It's the one where Chris Hemsworth is wearing glasses and they're doing experiments uh-huh. in the yeah. rooms, right? Yeah. <clears throat> the movie's called Spider-Man. I don't know what it's called. It's an adaptation of a Philip K. Dick story. It cost a hundred million dollars, and they have not spoken a word about it to anybody, despite it being directed by the same director who just scored the biggest box office hit of the last ten years, literally two weeks yeah, oh ago. Oh my god! Yeah, and like they do this shit like so constantly. Where they're just like, like not. I mean, I think Netflix and Disney and probably. I mean, maybe that's just the biggest perpetrators of this particular thing, but there is just like content that exists in the world for some reason that gets bought up by a streaming service and just dropped anonymously. Yeah, like you think uh, if the to, streaming to service for nobody, you know. Yeah, you think if the streaming service like bought this property, they obviously think there's some value in being the exclusive holder of that property. Right. Why, when they have that exclusive exclusivity, why do they use it to just like put it in the toilet and walk away? Like, why don't I you know. like make a big deal out of the thing that only you can only see here? And if you loved Top Gun Maverick, come see this. And guess what? Everybody loved Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> yeah. So, ostensibly, you should be getting everybody in the world on Netflix to watch that movie. But instead, yes. they're gonna put it in the toilet and walk away. And like, and but you know, this is also there is not. Th- this is the only thing that happens because like a great example is they just dropped like that first. 
like micro teaser for the new Knives Out movie today, and they're making a big deal out of that. Yeah. And they've been talking about the Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio movie for a while. Like, there are movies that they yeah. advertise and care <clears throat> about, but there are also a lot of movies that they fundamentally do not. There seems like despite... no rhyme or reason to it. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I want to be clear Spiderhead is not like a movie they bought from somebody else. Netflix spent a hundred million dollars to uh-huh. make Spider-Man. That's so much weirder. Yeah. And like, and this is, you know, part of the reason why their economic model seems to be collapsing. Six billion as dollars. We speak. In, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but like, it's just, it's so, but this like goes for television, like doubly so than it does movies where they just like produce these things and they're just like, ah, sure. Whatever. And yeah, then, whatever. or even if they drop something and then it becomes super beloved, they're just like, but we're not going to make any more of it. And you're like, why not? And they're like, we did. It just doesn't matter to us. And you're like, I don't understand what the creative direction is here. Like, what yeah. is any of this? Well, and, it's, and I don't know. It just, it seems like it's, it's so difficult to process because for such a long time, Netflix was like, we're not cable. We don't do what cable does. Right. We're, we're like the, we, we stand up for the little guy and we'll produce what, whatever and we you care want about our content. Whatever. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> but like, I don't know because like the thing about when, like my dad has been watching the show ghosts, which like, I think that CBS had been right. doing. It was like a spin or it was like the American spinoff version of a uh, BBC. Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, I've, wa- I've watched a few of the episodes and they're fun and charming, but like, it seems like it's just one of those shows that's going to go under the radar and people aren't going to care about once <clears throat> it goes away. Yeah. And so I heard that like some streaming site is going to pick it up and keep producing it or so- like Peacock might or something like something, that. Yeah. But I don't know. Like the thing about cable is that, they they have so much thought that goes into like are people watching this and are they watching it because it's good like do they like right. this is this something that they're liking mm-hmm. and netflix doesn't get that feedback or if they do get the feedback it only happens because of like one huge giant push at the very beginning to the point where like they don't have all of that time to like week in and week out figure out if it's going well or not and that goes for all of the streaming sites that don't do like weekly drops or like right. film everything all at once. It just seems like they're missing that that like little key thing that gets people like actually talking about it or like spending money on the things that people are actually caring about and not on just like whatever crap they're trying to throw at the wall and like hope that it sticks somehow. Right. So I just don't know. Like I just don't understand. I don't know what the solution is, but like I love a lot of the things that Netflix produces and I want them to be successful. Yeah. And it's weird. So, I don't know. Because it's, you know, and it's almost like, well, you know, careful what you wish for. Like, is the alternative, like, being constantly bombarded with advertising of a gazillion movies and TV shows all the time? But it's like, I don't know. I Here's a great example. Paramount Plus spent $200 million on a Halo live-action television series. Oh, my God. The Halo television yeah, series. Yeah, no, that, that crazy? came out months ago. And nobody talked about it. <laughs> nobody? No one. Did you hear anything mm-hmm. about that? I heard, like, did you hear that they're making a Halo TV show? And then the very next day, I heard, we're on season three of the Halo TV show. <laughs> yeah. And I went, wait, what? Fucking what? The Halo TV show? <laughs> God. That was actually an episode of Barry. That happens in Barry. Uh, Halo TV show reportedly costs ten million dollars per episode. Oh, oh, fuck, dude! <laughs> I hate the economy. Barry season three. I hate the world that we live in. <laughs> Did I don't? But but like, 
why? Why are they? Why would they spend so much money on that and think that like, well, people like Halo will just so they'll watch it but like if they don't know that it exists yeah like that's i and i and i totally get what you're saying jackson like we don't want to like walk into like oh there's just constantly like we're being bombarded by just trailers or whatever info or yeah. advertisements but like a trailer exists for a reason because uh-huh. it shows you what you're going to watch like you want if you're like i don't know if i want to watch this movie you watch the trailer like just to see and then but also to get familiar with it if i've seen a trailer like once like i saw that spiderhead trailer one time and i was like oh that seems that really looks interesting, interesting. Cool. yeah but i forgot about it but because i chose to watch the trailer but since then i haven't seen anything so but oh i just had a thought like we also were in an era where we we're like paying to bypass commercials a lot of the time Mm -hmm. like all of my streaming services basically i i have the ad free version because to me i'd rather pay five extra dollars and not watch a commercial if i don't or like have to sit through commercials but maybe that's another thing is that we're like going ad free almost right so i don't know i don't all this to say chip and dale (laughs) well i wanted to say i do think when it comes to stuff like the halo tv show it makes me think of the episode of 30 rock where jenna's in that horror movie that gets like they get the budget canceled because they don't think it's gonna (laughs) sell so they just start selling ad space in the movie to walmart and like anybody that will like sponsor them to be in there there's like a muppet and it's all like michigan friendly so the state of michigan will give them a tax like rebate and stuff like that (laughs) i think that's what the halo tv show is that it just makes money by existing because whoever owns the halo property is gonna like give you the money for it or whatever like it like maybe these things don't have to make money to like technically be profitable or whatever right yeah and yeah man it's just, but, like, why do you spend so much money on it? Yeah. In, in <laughs> why wouldn't you just do a bad job? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if nobody's going like, to see it anyway. Yeah. Uh, man, it's just so wild. I don't get it at all. And, you know, especially, and there's, much has been made of, like, Netflix almost feels like Movie Pass a little bit right now. Yeah. When, like, <laughs> oh, we shoot, all spent right. years being, like, how are they making money off of this? And then it's, like, only three years later that we find out, they basically weren't <laughs> yeah, yeah like this whole time and you're yeah. like okay well obviously like how did we how did we get yeah. away with this for so long why did this work for so long and only yeah. now is not working yeah <laughs> and just like the whole the whole landscape is so buck wild and you know i i talk a lot about like the difference between movies and tv shows right now and and, like, the difference in those industries and, like, the way that sort of, like, IP is, like, migrating from one to the other. But, like, it – there is something so fundamentally weird about just the quantity of television that exists and is coming out every single week forever. Yeah, no, Like, yeah. it's mm-hmm. been observed, like – you can, like, look on Netflix and just see whatever they're dropping this week, and it's probably better than anything that came out in the year 2000. Like, yeah. it's all it's all good. Like, there mm-hmm. are people doing really incredible work constantly in the television field right now that just goes... <laughs> we just don't just have the so, time to look at We don't at, have the energy. Yeah. We don't have the time. It's so oversaturated. And, like, it's just... I don't know. And I, okay, so here's, here's, I, I'll tie this back into Chippendale finally. Yeah. <laughs> Fundamentally, I think this does kind of feel like a streaming 
movie in a lot of ways. It yeah. feels kind of disposable in a way that bums me out a little bit. There's yeah, a lot no, about that's it where that I'm is, at, yeah. There's a lot about it that is much better than it needs to be <laughs> by any means, but it does still kind of just feel like content in a way that like keeps me from fully and completely like giving myself over to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think yeah. for me the two biggest disconnects from me for this movie is I love Andy Samberg. I love John Mulaney as comedians. I think they're hilarious. And I just don't think they're funny in this movie. It feels like Ben Schwartz and Sonic, where it's like, right. this is a person who I know is hilarious, and I know who I love their comedy styles. And for some reason, like, if, if it's them, it's if it's the director, if it's the takes, if it's the editor, like, something just isn't fucking working, and it's making them not funny, and I know that they're funny. So, like, that's, like, my big disconnect, is I don't think it's a very funny flick. And then it's the... It's the comparing it to Roger Rabbit, and they do it yeah. in the movie. They're like, this is Roger Rabbit too, kind of. And I'm like, well, here's the thing about Roger Rabbit, is that it looks incredible still. It is yeah, looks yeah. mind-bogglingly good. The animation and the way that the actors interact with the 2D animation is so masterfully done. It is incredible. It is a well-written, fun adventure movie. It is such, it's a fucking classic for a reason. And then to compare yourselves to it, when you have the audacity to have the shittiest-looking 2D animation I've ever seen, and also your, like, live-action straight person is maybe the worst actress ever... I don't know who that girl is. She's doing Kiki the Lane. shittiest job. Yeah, Kiki Lane, an actress I quite like, who was in... Uh, she's in gorgeous Barry Jenkins' masterpiece, If Beale Street Could Talk, and not really much of anything else. She was in The Old Guard, which is another fucking streaming-ass movie. She uh, She's acting like she's in a Disney Channel original fucking summer movie. She's doing the worst job. You know, she's quite terrible in this she's movie. So <laughs> is hard, yeah. She is so bad. She is like a fucking robot. Robot. Oh my god. And like comparing that to like Eddie Valiant, it's like these are not the two same, these are not even on the same like level of existence. So it's like those are the two big things. I didn't think it was funny. And then it's constantly comparing itself to something that is just like so, so much better than it, you know? Yeah. Well, can I can I give my yeah, perspective? Yeah, you, I'm, I'm like it. genuinely curious, like what, yeah, like why does this okay. movie connect with because you? Because for, okay, first of all, I think that I can see a lot of what you're saying. I Especially since, like, Eddie Valiant, like, he, A, is played by Bob Hoskins, who is just, like, a very well-established actor. And he's, he's acting, like, with so much... He's like, treating it like... Yeah, he's... he's like, like, he's not acting like he's acting in a cartoon movie for kids. Exactly. He's, yeah. Like genuinely like he plays it so straight. Giving a a haggard, horrible, like not horrible, but like a like traumatic a very yeah. hurt portrayal of, of someone who's like cause his brother gets murdered and his like brother was killed by a tune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's like funny and good because it's it's so silly that that happens, but it's it it doesn't. It's not like, played silly. It's played from, seriously from yeah. playing it straight. You know, so like it, the yeah, Kiki Lane's performance is it's a struggle, but also I can see how I think that the biggest thing these days is that we're putting so much time and money and effort into having 
like these huge people like celebrities playing in these voice roles and i think that sometimes that can get distracted that's fair yeah because like chip and dale i like that they don't have cartoon voices i think that's fun i think that's like a cool choice that like they were a little acting duo and then they ended up um being you know like just having normal voices and that was like their little character voice yeah to me this movie feels more like the muppets movie than it feels like Roger Rabbit, even though like stylistically it's a pre like it it's influenced by Roger Rabbit, it feels a lot more like these Chippendale were like the Muppets and they they were acting in their show, but and then their show went away and so they broke up. I think I like that interpretation, but what I was saying about the voice acting is like why don't I don't know? It just seems like J.K. Simmons is so fun in this role. I love J.K. I love JK Simmons in yeah. literally anything. He's my guy. And I love his Gumby character. <laughs> but, like, if there was someone there who was anchoring the humanness of it, it and didn't feel like a, an afterthought or, like, a, we just needed someone to fill this role, this, like, cop role, if it felt like, oh, this is really someone who knows what they're doing or, like, someone who's more experienced with, like, CGI work and acting alongside a two tiny tennis balls. Right. Like, that really... I think that really would have aided in the the scenes here's, that felt like they were being held back by that. Here's what I think. I think instead of having the villain be Peter Pan, just throw that away. That whole thing was stupid. I don't give no, a shit about that No, I like plot. it. No, I think, I think it's, think it's bad. Just have that be Andy Circus, and I think this movie would be immediately like five <laughs> stars. Andy Circus. Yeah, funny. just like just like That's the guy. Oh my god, hold on, stop! If Andy Circus is like, I have always wanted to be a tune, but I've never gotten exactly. the chance, and my like, I've been, always had my opportunities ripped away from me by real He's like tunes. Like the tune Rachel Dolezal. Oh my god. While I'm while I'm off in the background, while I'm singing in the rain, and I've never had my moment to shine. If he was the fucking <laughs> villain, so that would be so good. Oh, fuck. And like, that's hysterical. Uh, that would be so much better. That's a really good pitch. So yeah, he's like appropriating tune culture. He's like a yeah, tune exactly. culture. He's like, like, I'm the reason that the Gollum tune is even on the fucking map, but I yeah. don't get any of the credit for that. Like, I think that would be perfect. Do you want to know what my favorite bit, just the, my favorite line in the movie, it just cracks me up, I just think about it, is like, right at the end when they reveal that the J.K. Simmons Gumby cop is like a bad guy, and he's yeah. like doing something, yeah. and Kiki Lane is like, stop, you're better than this! And he goes, no I'm not! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's hysterical. It's pretty good. I mean, like, that, it's the, uh, for me, it's kind of like, not to compare this movie to Scoob, because nothing will ever be as bad as Scoob was, and it feels mean to even bring Scoob up. Because as, as much as I don't connect with this movie, like, it's not as bad as Scoob, because Scoob is a fucking nuclear pit. But, like, it, it kind of feels like, we talked about it in the Scoob episode, of, like, how the comedy on paper seems like it should be really funny but then there's just like something missing that doesn't make it land and that's how it feels like for me where it's like i love jk simmons i think it's hilarious i think having this very cartoony kind of bad guy that's just like yeah i'm the fucking bad guy like whatever like on paper i think that's hilarious but there's just something that it's keeping it from being funny and i can't put my finger on it i don't know if it's the craft is too distracting I don't know if it's the lady just being the worst actress in the world in this film. Like, I don't know what it is. Just something is, like, keeping it from connecting with me. And I'm trying to, like, put my finger on it. I don't know. But for me, like, I don't need a movie to be, like, 
funny, funny, ha ha, laugh out loud. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Yeah. Because I, I just, I really think it's so fun. Like all of the world building things that they did. Like I like the idea of all of them going to school together and like seeing all of the different cartoon characters and how like they have the tiny little apartments for the small. That was fun. That was small cartoons living there. And I liked the the imagery of his little house and he like went home to his um, like his big dog. His regular sized dog. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was just like, that's just, I don't know. I thought that was so cute and so fun. And I like the uncanny Valley. Like I thought, I don't know. There's just, it's full of so many pop culture references. And I, I don't know. I just, seeing all of them, it was just like a little gift to me. That's what it felt like. Like seeing de-aged Paula Abdul and the, the opposites attract Wolf (laughs) in, at that party scene. Like that was, that's something that felt like that's, that was for Keisha Rhodes. We put this in for Keisha Rhodes and, and and only her. Wasn't it Scat Cat (laughs) was there too? Yeah, that guy is yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like, the there's the gag on the bench where Butthead from Beavis and Butthead is like running like for lawyer. Congress. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like running for office. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he? That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, here's here's something about this movie. I think there is a fundamental like uh uh like as much as Roger Rabbit is an incredible masterpiece or one of my favorite movies of all time, I don't think it's actually especially commenting on uh, uh, show business in any like topic. Excuse me, in any like topical way, you know. Yeah, not I mean, it does really. like it in a very yeah. broad way, obviously, but it's not like remarking upon any particular trends or phenomena in in like Hollywood. Yeah, I, I it's think, kind of talking about politicians like messing with media, but not like not in like a mank way. Yeah. Just like kind of like in a isn't it fucked up that this guy's rich now kind of way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but I think I think that this movie fundamentally as a sort of I mean I think that like. This movie kind of treats itself as a Roger Rabbit spinoff, like, you mm-hmm. know, 50 years later. Um, but I think, like, fundamentally, there is some, like, ideological thing I can't get out of my craw, which is that just, like, remarking upon the the fact that, like, in Roger Rabbit, the characters are the movie stars. Like, mm-hmm. and in today, mm-hmm. when we don't really have movie stars anymore... When IP has become the movie stars, I think there's something really fundamentally interesting about treating characters and designs and ideas as celebrities in this world in the same way we would think about movie stars 30 years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. And, like, there's something particularly – there's a moment that, like, weirdly resonated with me in this, and obviously it's a bit, but he's, like – when whichever one John Mulaney is, is like walking down the street and he's seeing all the giant posters for these big ridiculous parodies of movies starring these cartoons and it's all like whatever recycled like parodies mm-hmm. of stuff and he's like, ugh, ugh. And then he sees the Batman versus E.T. poster and he's like, yeah. that one looks kind of good. I'll probably see that one. Yeah. Like, it just like wears you down and like yeah. no matter how fundamentally opposed you are to it, there's something that's going to come along and you're like, Ah, that's the one that I think is gonna get me. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I will, I will, I will go see E.T. versus Batman. Yeah, <laughs> and I'll and I'll probably like yeah. it. Yeah, and like I think that this movie, like, not that this movie has like a grand unified take where I'd be like, it all comes together. Like, it's actually so fucking smart. It has this like galaxy brain take on this side of the other thing. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is just a certain observation about the IPification of Hollywood and like treating mm-hmm. characters 
as commodities in a way that we used to treat actors as commodities that I just, I've been thinking about a lot and I can't quite get out of, get out of my Yeah, well, because it's, I see that a lot in, like, the, they talk about, like, this is Sweet Pete's, like, actual business, where, like, burns down stuff that didn't sell and, like, turns it into other stuff. Like, I think that's, that's the part that resonates with me, where it's, like, it's this stuff that wouldn't sell, so we're just, like, throwing it away, even though it's, like, Mm -hmm. beloved IP or whatever, like, it's Shrek or it's fucking, like, whoever, like, insert any character and be like, and it didn't sell, so now we're gonna fucking toss it in the incinerator. And that just feels like anything that, like, doesn't get, for me, what that meant was, like, anything that, like, didn't get its fair shake in Hollywood and just gets fucking tossed in the garbage can because it didn't, Mm -hmm. like, something didn't work, people didn't buy it fuck this, get it out of here. You know what I mean? Right. And then and then changing that to people or changing that to IP, I think it's very meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's like, I do think this movie does have a little bit of a take, like something like that. But like you said, it doesn't come together in any like unified way. But I do think it is like, it's it's relevant to the conversation that we just had about Netflix and how right. things, like if people don't respond fast enough, like we are, society just is so quick these days. Yeah. And like to even bring up like ugly Sonic and how. <laughs> right. Like, mm-hmm. so if if we're fast enough and we're reactive enough, then things are going to change. But <laughs> he wasn't that fast does enough. Dis- <laughs> but it, <laughs> we're cracking this thing wide fucking open right now. Hey, but it like entirely disregards the fact that so many people were working on that for so long. And that and it, the product was bad. It was a poor design. Mm-hmm. But to like entirely like just in in little tiny snippets of tweets or whatever people were putting on social media that we are reacting to and have not like no understanding of what went into it or how long they'd been going into those things. Or if it was a PR stunt. It's interesting to be like, what am I supposed to do when I've put all of my time and effort and energy into like making this Sonic thing and it was bad or like what am I supposed to do when I put all of my time and energy as a creator into Chip and Dale and that was my whole life and my lifeblood right, right. and then people don't care about it anymore like what do I do after that like how do I stay relevant and are we making art to stay relevant or is it because we actually have something that is so- something to say or something to give or just because people like it like what is the point of it and chip and dale i feel like they're actually kind of the perfect people for that because who who cares about chip and dale right. like that's probably what they were saying in the 80s when they said rescue rangers wouldn't that be fun <laughs> yeah. right. and then because it, it was a fun concept it it lasted as long as it did but it's still like what do you do when you're the person who is Chip and Dale and now right. it's over? I always like, think about... How do, you, how do you move on from that? I always think about Chip and Dale because they were originally... I, they Original Chip and Dale, did they have their own cartoon where it was just like anima- in Animaniac-style goofs or were they a part of like the Mickey Mouse show? Well, it's just like always... I mean, there wasn't ever I, like a Mickey Mouse show. They were just like part of yeah, the ensemble they were just like of shorts. the like, Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Gotcha. And like usually, and then, I think they were kind of their own thing where you would like the title card would come up and it would be like a be Chip, like and, Chip Dale and Dale cartoon. Yeah. But they would also yeah. like be in a Mickey Mouse cartoon sometimes. Yeah, like yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Well, but so they're, was, they're like the scrat, you know, the scrats of Yeah, that little logo. But I was about to say, God, like that kind of makes... solid 20 years in our childhood where every Fox movie had a... Ice Age Scratch short film in front of it. What was, yeah, man. Yeah, what dude, was yeah, that man. all about? I don't fucking the know. The kids love Scratch. They love Scratch. <laughs> We're on never Ice Age like acorn. six at this point. They just made a Disney Plus original. 
That's right. Simon Pegg Squirrel spinoff. <laughs> And it looked film. like shit. It looked horrible. Like animation wise, it looked bad. It's it's, it's all connected. But I was gonna say it, it makes <laughs> sense for me going from Chippendale to Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Be like, oh, here are these two comedic guys. What if they were like more like people and they went on adventures? Like, sure, whatever. I always think about Tailspin though, where yeah. someone just <laughs> looked at the cast of Jungle Book minus the kid. It was like, what if we? put them in an airplane and then they did that for like <laughs> three seasons like what the fuck are we doing <laughs> yeah tailspin is i don't for the people who don't know what tailspin what? is it is a like 80s to 90s disney channel cartoon i can't remember exactly where it landed it's probably 80s but it's baloo the bear from the and jungle book a bunch of other like jungle book characters and they are it's fully non-canonical they are ju- in the <laughs> jungle but baloo flies like it's like a like delivery cargo service planes. yeah yeah and 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 oh not bagheera but shere khan the the tiger is like an evil businessman in He's a like suit. He's like an evil capitalist, like, like doing, in a suit. Doing <laughs> evil business in the jungle. It's the craziest <laughs> TV show. Yeah. I can't. Why didn't they talk more about Tailspin? It is such a. And I mean, that's one of those like rare things that's like, okay, like sometimes this, this shit isn't new. Or we talk about like shit getting yeah. recycled and people like needing like to recognize things. You can get really down. I'll be like, it's so horrible now. But th- like, tailspin is one of those things that makes me remember. Like, we were always kind of doing this. We always, well, I always think mm-hmm. of like even like Aesop's fables and stuff. It's like, well, we have these characters that we recognize as art as like character roles, so we immediately knew whoever was in that role. It's like, oh, the fox is always like this, and the rabbit is always like this. Like, th- we just is like. And and the bear is always flying a cargo. And he's plane. always fl- <laughs> flying that cargo plane. Like we like having characters that we know in our stories like that's just how we are as humans we like knowing a character when we go into the story and the more we know about a character the more we want to see for them i don't know like like i totally understand the like kind of uh what's the word pessimistic view of being like this is like recycled and it's all some shit and nothing's ever new and i totally get that but on the other side i'm kind of like well but what if I like the thing and then I know all the stories, I know what's going on, and then when we go into the next chapter, we can do something even more new and even more different because I'm just familiar with the character. Like, I already know what's going on. You know what I mean? We don't have to start from the beginning. All right, I have a bit. I have a bit to do here. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. I have taken the liberty of preparing a, a wait, wait, don't tell me, not my job style uh, multiple choice trivia game. Oh, hell yeah. I okay. wish I had come up with a better way to introduce it than that, but them's the breaks. We're here now. IDGAF era. <laughs> wait, wait, don't podcast me. Uh, and if you get two out of three correct, I will get you my voice on your home answering machine. <laughs> Hell yeah. So so uh, you've heard of Chippendale Rescue Rangers, but what do you know about the Chippendale Dancers. Oh, I'm gonna ask you guys. Oh I'm gonna ask you guys three questions about the Chippendale dancers, and if you get two out of three correct, I'll record your uh, uh, answering machine message. Now that now Chippendale is uh, Magic Mike's cousin, correct? <laughs> yes, correct. So Australian. Uh, uh, yeah, here's... they had that Chippendale bit. That was pretty. That fun. was pretty All funny. Right. Here's your question: The original Chippendales bar was founded in 1975 by Indian entrepreneur Steve Banerjee. 
Why was the bar okay. called Chippendales? Was it A, the owner was a fan of the classic Disney cartoon, B, after the Chippendale-style furniture that decorated the bar, or okay. C, a surprising amount of the dancers were named either Chip or Dale? <laughs> I want it to be C, but that makes me think it's I probably think it's not the furniture. C. Yeah, I think it's probably the furniture. You got it. You're correct. You guys are both correct. There was Chippendale-style furniture in the bar that I guess inspired the erotic dancing. I don't know what... <laughs> <laughs> it was very interpretive. You could, like, feel the furniture and the movements. It was just very, very, very in sync. All right. Here's, here's the next question. The original Chippendale's bar used to, be co- used to go by another name before it was purchased by Steve Banerjee. What did Chippendales used to be called pre-1975? Was it called A, Apex Legends, B, <laughs> Destiny 2, or C, Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies? <laughs> no! What? <laughs> Wait, was it Apex Legends? <laughs> Your options are Apex Legends, Destiny 2, or Call of Duty Black Ops Zombies. <laughs> Destiny 2. Destiny 2. Keisha is correct. It was called Destiny 2. <laughs> Why was it called Destiny 2? <laughs> Why was two? it Destiny 2? Presumably two? because there was another bar called Destiny. That you used to do sense. that in olden For, times. Yeah, yeah, just be like, this is the second one. Arby's 2. There's a second yeah. Arby's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, here's your final question. <clears throat> Steve Banerjee was a beloved figure until he unfortunately passed away in 1994. How did he die? A, a, quote, sexual accident, unquote, backstage during a Chippendales performance. Hilarious. B, was he murdered by a, quote, well-known public figure, unquote, whose identity is still unknown to the public? Uh-oh. Or C, did he hang himself in his prison cell after hiring a hitman oh to murder his business partner and setting fire to multiple competing exotic dance venues? See, that one's the longest, murder. which makes me think it's that one. <laughs> hmm. Murder, 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 murder. Secret, 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 secret. <laughs> uh, hmm. See, as fun as a sexual accident sounds, I'm going to go for number three. It was. It was C. He hung himself in his prison cell after hiring <laughs> oh a hitman God. to murder his business partner and setting fire to multiple competing exotic dance Whoops. venues. When he was beloved, just right before that, just like <laughs> seconds before. All right. So you both got two out of three. Wait, okay. So I okay. And Chip and Dale. That's Australia, right? It's Australian. No, it was in L.A. Oh, I thought Chip and Dale's was Australian. Why did I think that? I, I don't no know. Idea. Well, this bit's not going to work anymore. I was going to say, <laughs> well, what if all Aust- famous Australian things were like that and the Wiggles were going around murdering all of the other children's <laughs> fan groups? Because they were like, there can only be one. It's the Wiggles. <laughs> so, but I'm not going to do that because oh, we're missing from out. LA. Why did I think it was Australian? I, I don't know no it's Australian. Apparently, though. there's a movie. Oh, Thunder in from Down Under. Thunder from Down Under. Mm. Is Australian. Oh, okay. Apparently, there's a movie being produced right now, directed by Craig Gillespie. You know what? Sounds good. Um, I'll probably see it on Netflix. <laughs> about the Wiggles? Yeah. Or no, about. I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, so, I would like to 
just get right back on the hate train really quick and then I'll get off it and then we can get onto the fun train again. We we talked about it when we talked, or we didn't talk about it in Kanto, but we brought it up in Kanto on another podcast to talk about how the Disney, you have to be a baby at the beginning of the movie so that we can sell more toys. (laughs) Right, And obviously that's not the motivation for this movie because we put it directly in the toilet and there are no toys for it. But uh, the this was the first movie where I was like, oh, there's that fucking Disney algorithm of we need them to be cute little kids. And let right. me tell you, that sucked me out of it immediately. I thought those kids were bad actors. I thought it was a stupid, I don't need to know how Chip and Dale met situation. Right, yeah. I don't need to know how Captain Jack Sparrow got beads in his hair. I don't need to know that they became friends in elementary school. If they pulled a Muppets where they were like, they were a comedy duo in college and then they did a show together. I'd be like, great. Sounds good. The fact that they had them start as cute little kids. Right. Like meeting in the lunchroom irks me so much. I don't like it. Makes me feel bad. Didn't like it at all. So there were two, I, there were two like major substitutions I was reading about character wise mm-hmm. during the process of this movie. Uh, obviously this movie most likely would have been in some stage of production for like longer than the whole Sonic the Hedgehog thing. Yeah. Um, for a long time, the bit was still basically the same, but they were going to use Jar Jar Binks. Um, See, and I, then they I, seized an opportunity with Ugly Sonic, which I think is very yeah, funny. Yeah, obviously Ugly Sonic, Sonic is more topical. <laughs> that Jar Jar Binks one hits me hits me in the home. That that, that would have been a good bit. I think Jar Jar Binks like at the convention would have been like kind of funny, but then if it were like at the end, Jar Jar Binks hanging out of the helicopter. Being See, like, that'd be fucking <laughs> great. Would have been much better. <laughs> It was just so good. Um, And the other major one, this is fascinating to me, because there was a whole sort of, I don't know, minor scandal that some people chose to to rage monger about, um, where it was like, there is a real life story about the uh, voice actor who played Peter Pan, who like grew up and couldn't get acting work anymore and basically died in poverty. So like the whole Peter Pan thing was like a little bit poor taste, but they always, they keep saying like, we didn't know about that. Like, we weren't trying to riff on that in any way. Uh, and yeah. one of their sort of defenses is that for a lot of the production cycle, we were thinking it would be Charlie Brown, but we couldn't get mm-hmm. the rights to that. And I think that would have been well, funny. Well, I, I think that I want to know what, like, adult sad Charlie Brown looks like. <laughs> okay, and I'm about to cinema thing, Wait, wait, wait. All but the, over the same place. thing happened, actually, to the kid who played Charlie Brown. So oh, did it really? <laughs> it would have, you know, yeah, it, yeah, it would have been a catch-22 so no there. Uh, the illusion of choice. But I think that has more to say about how uh, we treated ch- child actors and still to this day treat child actors uh, yeah. than it does about this. But I don't know. That's yeah. the thing is that people think that they know things or they're trying to one-up people and like blah, blah, blah. And I just think that the bit of uh, Peter Pan being an old man is really funny. Yeah. And I think Will Arnett is really funny. But here's so. the thing... We meet one of the lost boys at the convention, and why is he still a fucking little boy? And Peter Pan's a man, huh? Explain that to me. Checkmate, liberals. Yeah. Yep, got it. You don't have nothing to say. I've done it. I wanted to let that hang as long as possible. I see. I need to get like a soundboard that just has like sounds on it, and I need one of them to be the CinemaSins ding sound every oh, time yeah, I yeah. just want to be an asshole about something. I like, genuinely, I genuinely tried to get that set up so many times. It's so confusing to me. I don't get it. Maybe yeah. someday I will successfully make. Well, that you happen. have to like buy an actual little board, don't you? 
No, not necessarily. You just keybind it. Yeah, there's there's this thing you can do through like OBS. I think it's fucking complicated, and I hate it. <laughs> um, there are no YouTube videos. Okay, but about I could Can I? I want to say something about Young Chip and Dale, and I and how it's a little baby Moana again. Yeah, but. Cause I, it is. I don't know. I a. I thought that Chip and Dale were brothers. So I did too. I was, <laughs> but I guess I don't know that much about Chip and Dale. Yeah. So they can be whoever they want to be. What do you think, Don Johnson and 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 Michael Shannon are brothers in real life? <laughs> yes. They're actors. I guess I. I. But I. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Again, <laughs> that's what I was saying. I said, oh yeah, this is we're living in their world. Cinema sins. Bing. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first but, cinematic brothers I could think of. I know, that was like a deep cut. Don Johnson and Michael Shannon from Nine Seven. And they're also brother-in-laws. Oh, fuck, so. they're not even biological Cinemas brothers. Oh, damn. You. Exactly. Oh, Jackson, you nice fucked up. Nice try. I blew it. But I, I liked the through line of like... He like Ch- or Dale didn't have any friends that first day, and he was always like the bombastic one, like the really fun one. But like he just didn't have the comedic timing. I thought that little <laughs> bit was so cute. Yeah. Like where he was like, no, it was a good joke. Like you just need to work on your delivery. Like we can work on that together. We can workshop it. I thought that was so so <laughs> silly. But I also loved. I I don't know. I thought it was like very sincere. This through line of. Like, Dale always thought that Chip, like, had it put together and he was the organized one. And that's why he didn't play the dumb one and all of that stuff. And I liked that at the very end of the movie, like, you find out that, like, Chip didn't want to go to school that day because he didn't, like, he didn't have any friends. And, like, he he needed, like, they had balance. They had balance. They balanced each other out um, because he just didn't have anybody with him. And his mom that just that day had told him, like, you know, you, you like the biggest risk isn't taking any risk at all. I don't. It just felt like really true and sincere about how like your friend can you can have this view of your friends and things that they say like make such a huge lasting impact on you and like you think that they must be like the greatest people on the planet, but you don't ever realize how much of an impact you make on them. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. thought it was nice. I thought it was yeah. nice. Yeah. I, mean, I don't you know. know. I've I been sort of like, nice. here. Not that I'm like switching sides, but I'm like very much in the yeah. middle of you guys. And I feel like I've been airing toward yeah. Adeline. But like, I, I also just want to say like, I think like there's so much about this movie that I think is so genuinely charming. And I think sort of its biggest appeal is that it uses the sort of, like... I mean, it's so bizarre that, like, IP extravaganza is, like, a genre of movie now. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. But, like, I feel like it uses those sort of tropes and those sort of genre trappings in a much more intelligent and thoughtful way than any, like, one of those recently has done. Mm Because it feels extremely bad when it's all one company's IP. Like, Space Jam or Mm Wreck-It Ralph 2 feels so 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 yeah. bad it's terrible and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i you know was reading some interviews with the kiva schaefer and he says basically exactly that we were like we really really didn't want this to be just jokes about disney characters because we know that that feels terrible and people mm-hmm, don't want mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. um so they put a lot of energy into like diversifying like the the cameos and the 
and but then at the same time i did like when it came out like on tiktok like the next couple days it was like every easter egg in chippendale rescue mm-hmm. rangers and you're yeah, like can't you yeah. just enjoy it like let me like this <laughs> yeah uh but it it's but i th- i think it's genuinely conscientious of the way it's using it and it doesn't give this like horrifying like corporate chills that that something like Space Jam A New Legacy gives. And I think that it... And the best thing about it is that most of the time it's not just showing you things because it wants you to recognize them. Like, most of the time there's, like, a joke. Yeah, there's, like, a bit baked in. It's not Family Guy where it's just, like, remember Star Wars and that's the joke. It's, like, here's, like, a joke with a punchline about this character, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The cats, cats, and the trash cans made me made me die. That I laughed out loud when they showed up. When, sorry, say again, Keisha. The cats from the movie Cats. Oh, that was yeah. pretty good. That, that was a good gift. That loud. one got let's me. All, let's all go around the horn and say our favorite cameo and or Easter egg in Chip and Tail Rescue Rangers. I, I really like I really like Butthead running for public office on the on the bench. That is very funny to me. I liked when the cast of My Little Pony ran through that one shot for no reason. No, I thought of you, Adeline, when that happened. Yes. And, and at first I was also like, I was like, why are they so small? And then I was like, no, they actually are My they, Little Pony. They are. First. Like, oh, don't even get <laughs> onto the really subreddit. Funny. There's a whole, there's like math behind how actually small the My Little Ponies <laughs> are and Friendship is Magic. Because Rarity gets a diamond that's like a three carat diamond and it's like huge to her. So like people have done the math to figure out what size they actually are. That is so funny. And you know what's funny? Like this Um, is not something that's like explicitly acknowledged in the movie. But the fact that like one of the major cast members in this movie is the like weird Coca-Cola polar bear from the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like that. I like that he's just like a background I, went, I I thought the joke was that he was, like, a background dwarf from, like, The Hobbit. I thought that's what the joke was. Was he from something else? I don't think he's from well, anything. Was, but the, they're okay. obviously riffing on it Beowulf, It was just though. riffing on the Beowulf. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay, and okay. Which, again, again, another thing that was made specifically for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, yeah, the extended Beowulf just, riff. Yeah, where they were, like... Are, is he making eye contact with us? Because uh, like, it doesn't look like he's making eye <laughs> contact. Doesn't feel like I did. Okay, the one bit that did get me that I wish they had delivered just a little bit better was when they go to Main Street and they're talking about all the crimes that these like delightful cartoon characters <laughs> yeah. are doing. I thought that was a really funny idea. I wish they had just like done it for like a second longer. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key as the Muppet is my favorite performance. In that this one movie. was really good. Oh that my god, good. that was so funny. That was like. <laughs> the greatest like the most uh 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 what's I, it was just like the best punchline in the movie where java lady is like do you have any maybe stinkier cheese and you see the puppets like yeah eyebrows furrow and he just goes yeah he's like you, you a cop yeah <laughs> <laughs> that bit was good that was it's a good so bit. funny i was mad they ruined like because that kind of joke where he's like we're looking for our friend whatever the fuck his name is and he goes that's also a type of cheese continue like that's my type of joke like those jokes get me but because it was spoiled for me in the trailer it wasn't funny now because i had already seen it but that was a good joke i like that one that is a good one i also i really liked um 
Well, okay, I like the Paul Abdul, and I liked that they had um this like Scrooge McDuck in the spa, in like, this the scary spa. Yeah, that was a good little bit. But I also like. I mean, again, this is that the voice actor conundrum, but they did have Tress McNeil come and voice a couple of her like former voice roles right. and like she's the original well not the original but like the chip and dale rescue rangers like she voiced chip and like she's just no, she's been gadget. in the industry for a really long time <clears throat> she's and she's gadget yeah she's both of them because like that's a thing about voice actors is sure? that back in the Whoa. day i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure let me let me double check that, she that. Is. you are probably right but i i have just enough doubt <laughs> that I feel the need to That's check fair. it. You can keep talking because it's hard to find like, this instead of actually instead of finding <laughs> the cast of the movie. Yeah, that's true. It's John Mulaney, Jackson. Like, <laughs> like, th- like, um, in all of the like, uh, what are the bootlegged versions of things? Like Tigger comes out, and Jim Cummings is actually voicing Tigger. Right. I just, I don't know. I like that. I like that they had some of the voice actors who have been doing these roles for years and years and years like coming in and they like because i think i read something somewhere that trust mcneil and mason blomberg or or not who i don't know whoever played the other like the other like dale uh what was his name something so cory burton i think cory burton he was the other voice actor and he was doing a bunch of stuff i don't know i just think it's nice i think it's nice that they showed up for a couple of things, even though it's, I don't know, it sparks all of that, um, like, Chris Pratt talk about playing Super Mario, all right. of, I don't it just, it's interesting. It's interesting to think about. Uh, so but. apparently, <laughs> Chip and Dale, they were mostly pretty unprecious about who was doing the voice of Chip and Dale, and it's a lot of different people mm-hmm. over the course of the, of the okay, show. That makes sense. But it was occasionally <laughs> Tress McNeil. Well, it makes sense because it's just someone speaking, and then they—it's pitch like pitch it really way high. up, like yeah. you'd never be able to tell the difference. So they were kind of just. But like, like I like that she—I like that she comes and plays like her. Like she also plays gadget. I thought that was cool. Also, I thought that it was—it was funny that um, they had that the the bug voice was actually the Allstate guy. Right, yeah, <laughs> that was fun. That, that was guy, a good I one. always forget his name. He's so funny though, and and it's I also because he's a real actor, but he's just the Allstate guy at this point. Yes. <laughs> And that's that's hard. Once you become a an insurance <laughs> you agent, you don't really yeah. stop. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's this movie is like it's really riffing on the sort of like, you know, Los Angeles neo noir. It's riffing on like it feels like it's riffing on the nice guys, like kind of more than anything else. It finds a way to have a you know have a subplot about like uh, uh, sex trafficking in this like <laughs> bizarre uh, yeah, cutesy way, uh-huh. and like it's. Just, I don't know. I think there's a lot about it that's just really, like, smartly put together. I think the script is really good. I think it does a really good job of being referency and being sort of subversive and cynical without, like, being really annoying about it. It feels like the jokes that are being made, like, come from a normal amount of cynicism, you know? And yeah. it's not just mm-hmm. like, isn't it fucked up that it's Isn't wouldn't it, it be crazy? so crazy there if Mario had a gun rats taking over New York like it doesn't feel like the Joker <laughs> yeah what, if, there, what yeah. if Mickey Mouse had a gun in it it doesn't feel like that that would be fucked mm-hmm. up uh, if you really think about it Disney movies are kind of <laughs> fucked up 
Um, and it, and it gets to be, and you know, it, there's that fine line where you're like trying to like, like, cause I don't like the cat in the hat thing where it's like, these jokes are like for adults that just don't make any sense to kids. Like yeah. where they're like alluding to bad words or like inappropriate things. And you're like, just let this be a kid's movie, dude. And like, yeah. this movie does a good job of kind of doing that without doing that because it's still like reads really clearly and isn't like actually in reference to those things. Does that make sense? You know, like as an adult, yeah. I could be like, this is, this is like a sort of cutesy way of doing the, the, the neo-noir cliche of like it being about human trafficking, but in a way that makes sense and, you know, is approachable for kids. Yeah. Like without it's it, still a without it yeah. being like, isn't it so crazy that we got away with this? Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I liked the real deep cut Jimmy Neutron uh, reference at the yeah, end Jimmy of the movie. Oh, Jimmy Neutron hair. Yeah, he's, we killed <laughs> he him. Died. Yeah, or at least he's he's been human trafficked. Cartoon traffic. That's the, that's the thing. They don't establish if they can. They don't establish if you they can be fixed after that happens to them. It kind of sounds no, like yes, they, they can't be. Yeah, they do. Do they fix everybody? I'm pretty no, because yeah, they like fix his like uh, Chip gets that ear problem. But they that's when he gets stuck in the machine fixed. again. That wasn't like on purpose. Well, but they also at the beginning, you know, they like talk about how he gets like CGI surgery. So I think it's implied that they can fix it. Which also, I thought that CGI surgery bit was funny. Like, that was a good joke where he was like, I know it's, like, you can obviously tell, like, I've had some, I've had work done, right. but I think it'll really invigorate my career. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, I thought that just, like, that Which struck a like, chord for me. I thought that was too funny. Sort of the joke I thought they were going to do in Space Jam A New Legacy when Don Cheadle turns them into CGI people, and they just don't. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. It's, it's so much funnier to, like, actually observe and, like, comment on the fact that we're obsessed with doing that for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. wish. Which, again, it's also interesting. It shows how, like, in the can this was because I think they really started working on it before, A, all of the other, like, popular movies came out. Yeah. Not just the Jungle Book, right. but also <laughs> that, like, people have really been turning on the, the live-action CGI versions lately, yeah. especially post, uh, like, Lion King. So, but I thought that little bit, it was just too cute. Too cute. What were you going to say, Adeline? I was like, I do wish that they kind of did the... I don't remember if this was an actual joke in Space Jam. When they get turned 3D, are they just like, this is horrible, right? That's a joke in it. No, that's, like, what you want them to do, but they're just like... What? This is so crazy. No, it literally like, just the happens because they, they're going to play base- basketball. Yeah, like, the way they react when they're getting transformed is, like, a li- they're, like, distressed. And there's, yeah. like, it's just elevated enough that you think they're going to make a bit out of it. Like, oh, God. But then yeah. they, just, they just don't. They don't. Maybe yeah. I just, like, tricked myself into thinking that was a joke in the movie because it really feels like it should have been. Exactly. But that's what I kind of wish they had done it here, where they just, like, people keep commenting about how bad he looks with the new surgery like i wish that was just a reoccurring joke rather than the one-time joke where they're like i just he i just can't look at him <laughs> for extended <laughs> amounts of time i was gonna say you make you make andy sandberg just look worse just make him like really hideous <laughs> yeah make him look like the outtakes from shrek where they would like put like a little bit too much fuzz on oh, donkey yeah. and then the entire yeah. animation software would crash just like do that <laughs> yeah 
They're a little mean to Lumiere in this movie. I think they Lumiere are mean to Lumiere. I, I, it feels <laughs> well, also to Flounder. It feels weird to uh, in this like thing that we're going off of, where it's like you are an actor and you're washed up or you're not washed up. Like it, the rules feel off because obviously. People are still watching the Peter Pan movie, and there's still IP. Like, Peter should still be making money, even if he's not acting anymore. So it feels weird to say that Flounder and Lumiere are, like, washed-up actors, but not to say that Princess Belle and Princess Ariel are also, like, washed-up right. actors. Like, they haven't been in anything else past their movie. Like, you know what well, I mean? Like, the the rules get know, a little fuzzy. But I think that I think that Batman vs. E.T. does a lot of explanation. I think that there are mm-hmm. other movies. I In mean, this the same universe. thing with Double O Dale. And, I mean, like, yeah, that yeah. would be another project yeah. for Dale from Chip and Dale. I think we're meant to believe that there are, you know, other projects. They're treated okay. as actors. So it's like, I was about oh, to starring, say. oh, here's uh, uh, yeah, a James like, Bond movie starring like, Belle the as the Bond characters. girl. I don't know, yeah, okay, like okay. That's well, like, And that's kind of like the thing. Like, you know, you see Chip and Dale, they're okay. But like their friend Monterey Jack, he's the one who got in with the mob. He's the one who got in trouble. So I think, I don't, and also, you know, the Disney princesses, they're out there doing things all the time. They're getting marketed all the yeah. time. But that's but what I mean with like Flounder and Lumiere. They would be roped into that marketing. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but I think I think that's the whole thing is that like they're like little bit bit actors compared to actors in quotes obviously yeah. compared to like the main character like who is Yeah. Uh, well, but like, even Ariel then it, that that's the same. I'd say that logic doesn't work because then Peter would never be washed up old fat Peter. He would be Peter cashing checks because he was in a very famous movie and doesn't have right. to work again. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's just how Hollywood works though. Like but- you can't control <laughs> if you're You know, there's Macaulay Culkin, who was a beloved childhood actor, mm. or like um, totally taken or, advantage. Uh, maybe of. not Macaulay. Yeah, yeah, fully taken advantage of, and then by the time when he's not cute, like a cute little kid anymore, then they like kick him to the curb or whatever. Or uh, who, like Haley Joel Osment, right. it took him forever to like get cemented back into even just working, like people expecting him to work, even though he never left the industry because he wasn't like twelve anymore. Mm. I don't know. I just think it, I think it's an interesting fun take on on like being an actor and like if you can't get if you can't break out of your your character's role then you might not be able to succeed even though you have the ability yeah no that's a super fair point that's not what i'm criticizing i'm criticizing the logic of like the i'm like criticizing the logic of the metaphor and where it falls apart a little bit with the animated ip versus where they become like real world actors or creators or whatever you want to say because i just like started like writing like if they did like uh like a tv a limited series of like who framed roger rabbit-esque just like ip shows if they're like oh like snow white can't keep up with like all the new disney princesses and like what's she gonna do now like stuff like that that's what i've been doing in my head so no more Lumiere. Lumiere too big, too big for that depressing little thing. Who do you yeah, get exactly. Then? Who's your Who's your pick? I think it's the fucking Jewish bat from Anastasia. Mm. 
That's a good. That's a good pull. Yeah, because who? What's that guy that, doing? I, that might be a little too obscure. No, people <laughs> love Anastasia. People would know who that guy is immediately because that trailer was a in front of a whole bunch okay, of movies too, where he goes and then I the kick her, name? sir. That part's in everything. What's the bat's name? What's the name of the bat? I don't fucking know. I know he has a funny voice. Exactly. He goes, I go wham, and then bam, and then I kick her, sir. I, th- I, I literally I think, I just, think... I was like trying to think of characters. I literally just did a Google search for cartoon. <laughs> I was hoping that I could Jackson. find What if it's like the original blue from Blue's Clues and not like the hot new 3D Ooh. animated blue? Yeah. Like, yeah, what's like a cartoon is like being replaced. Lines, though. Or like one of the old Teen Titans. <laughs> But see, Teen I'm Titans Go is already on top of making fun of Teen Titans Go, That's so true. I don't think they have like left no room for anybody else to make fun of them because they're <laughs> right, like, we yeah. know, we know that this isn't the original show. Maybe you get Pingu. <gasps> da, da, no, do, why did do, you choose Pingu? No, he says Newt. Newt, Newt. That's right. Newt, Newt. That's what he said. They should have gotten Pingu. That would have been funny. At least, a, I, you know, just a little cameo. That would have been great. Do you think... Oh, one of the Dan- emoji movie guys. That'd be pretty good. Oh I'm God. surprised there aren't any emoji movie shots in this. Do you think if they, like, genuinely approach the people who made, like, Ratatouille or, like, Plan B or one of those, like, actual bootleg... Do you think if they, like, actually, like, approach them and were like, could we use your character in the movie? Do you think they'd be like, hell fucking yeah? Or do you think they'd be like... We don't want to draw any more attention to Yeah, what no, we're they doing. wouldn't want to draw attention to themselves. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I think that would be fun if they, like, genuinely English, got so. one of those, like, like an actual bootleg <laughs> character to be in the movie. You know what I mean? If they got Marcel Towing from Ratatouille. <laughs> uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, the baby from Fairly Odd Parents. The baby fairy. That's a pretty good Oof. one. That's a good. That's a good one. I don't think that. You I don't think picking, that kid's even in the picking, new one. <laughs> you keep picking characters that don't speak English. They all just <laughs> make noise. They but don't they don't have to. to. Yeah. Well, but Lumiere does deliver some like expositional lines, but they don't have just for another booth, another booth character. Oh 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 oh. oh, oh. The the little goggles guy from Toy Story. Uh yeah. A classic. <laughs> he also doesn't What's his speak. name? Is it Lenny? I think it's Lenny. Yeah, because it's like Lenny. Yeah. See, I Disney cannot decide what they want to do with Oswald the Rabbit now that they are legally allowed to have mm. him again. Because like part of them is like, okay, we don't he doesn't really connect with a lot of people anymore except for our dad who loves Oswald the Rabbit. And a few handful of other people who love Oswald the Rabbit. But they also, it's like a Mickey Inc. video game for the Wii. What is it called? Uh, Epic Paint. Mickey. Yeah, Paint with Mickey for free on the I Wii Plus. I will never Plus. forget. I'm going to interrupt you with just a quick little anecdote. You got it, man. I will never forget being in line at a game store like that year. Uh-huh. And there were like these two moms like in line behind me. And Kirby's Epic Yarn and Epic Mickey had both like come out around the same time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I had heard these two moms like talking behind me about like what video games they were getting for their their like nieces and nephews or whatever. Yeah. And I just remember them being like they really want Kirby's Epic Yarn and they like and Epic Mickey's really popular and I think I'm going to get Epic Super Mario for David and <laughs> then there's an Epic Kingdom Hearts game and they just kept putting Epic in front of every game they said. <laughs> 
That's what oh they thought. Gosh. That's what they thought video games were called. <laughs> it was just really, really funny. Okay, continue. <laughs> but like the whole point of that game is like, look at poor sweet Oswald. We want him back, and we love poor sweet He's Oswald. Been left behind. Yeah. Yeah, and we're gonna and we're gonna bring him back. He's our son. You can't take our son away. And so he's like at California Adventure, and you can like say hi to him, but he kind of has like a garage that he hangs out in and he can give you like some gas or something and then you drive away. So like, I think I, it would depend on what Disney felt like doing with Oswald. But I think that would be a fun thing for Oswald where he's just like, he's the fucking king of only showing up at conventions, you know, where he's like, I've been doing this since the fucking thirties. He's like the the Lou Ferrigno of teen of Toontown. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, you don't, you can't, you can't You're complain like, to me has, about anything. What has Lou Ferrigno been in the last 40 years? He's like, he just goes to conventions yeah. and makes millions. And That's all, all he, he does. does. Yeah. So like, I think that maybe, but, and, but see, I feel like Disney still tries to pull up, but that's our son and we love yeah. him, but we're going to put him in this little <laughs> box and we're not going to let him out of it. Yeah. Well, then maybe, what if Disney did, like, a Room-inspired movie, you know, not The Room, but Room, <laughs> right, right. the one with uh, Brie Larson. Larson, where, yeah, where, you know, like, you think it's gonna be them in the room the whole time, and then, like, halfway through the movie, they get out, and he's just, like, totally, like, unadjusted <laughs> to what the world is. Like. But it's Oswald. <laughs> and it's yeah, like, Oswald. I want to go back to my room. I want to go back to room. I miss plant. I miss bed. What? I miss closet. I'm like, telling <laughs> you, we should make a limited series of just taking random IP and see, like, what would they have as a little plot in the Roger Rabbit right. universe? And that'd be yeah. Oswald, who doesn't know how to adjust to living outside of the jail cell that Disney yeah. has kept him in for 40 years. That's a good idea. I still, I'm really hung up on the Andy Circus idea too of him it would be so fucking good to to rachel dollazol somebody give me a million dollars and like suddenly like mocap performance becomes like blackface (laughs) (laughs) like it used to be really popular but now it's like god he did do like a lot of mocap roles back in the day though like oh my god i can just just picture john mulaney saying that too that's like (laughs) that was like in version b of the script and then they took it out Well, and that would be a total, total, like, inversion of um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, where the, again, spoilers for Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the main antagonist is a toon pretending to be a human, but it was the real, like, and it needs to be a reveal. It needs to be a reveal at the end that it's Andy (laughs) Serkis, who was actually a human. It wasn't actually Peter Pan, who was just Andy Serkis. Oh my god. Just doing motion capture. Somebody call us, please. This is actually really good. <laughs> good TM, idea. don't take our idea. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a multiverse out there where that's the truth. That is we that's the it. real movie. We and it's that. my favorite movie and it's so good. Uh so hey, do you guys would you like to hear a five star review of Chippendale Rescue Rangers? Yeah. Did Keisha write it? Uh I I would give it like a good solid three and a half stars out of five. That's what I. That's like, what I, I gave know. it a letterbox. I gave it three and a half. I was like, <laughs> that was that was better than it needed to be. I would give it a two. Yeah. Uh, so this this review comes from letterbox.com. This person says, "I love this. Imagine if like two squirrels were the main characters of a movie, and that movie was called Chip and Dale Rescue <laughs> Rangers." Okay. Oh, is that Bird. it? Is that Period. it? <laughs> 
end of review. Well, uh, can, they didn't mark it as spoilers. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, what if I had seen that before I watched the movie? Uh, so anyway, my name is Jackson <laughs> McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. My name is Keisha Rose. Oh, and you can follow us on Twitter or whatever. We don't give a fuck. We yeah, don't give. Sure. We don't care. Yeah. We're flipping we tables. We're storming off stage. We're doing. We're taking. We're taking pills behind the scenes. It's all <laughs> unraveling. It's our dark period. Uh, Whoa! It's experimental. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! We like release a podcast. It's just a bunch of like chanting, and you're like, "Whoa! Are they okay?" <laughs> They're. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>